You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. You're listening to America's Web Radio. It's time now for the Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lintonello. Good morning, everyone. Buongiorno. <laughs> Buongiorno. Buongiorno. Uh, so it's a hazy day up here on the mountain. I haven't been able to. Generally speaking, I can always see as far as the eye can see, but... Uh, with all the Canadian wildfire smoke, I literally can hardly see off the mountain. It's been rolling across the knob up here like fog, but um, still sitting here with my frosty Dr. Pepper ready to go. So, yeah, sun we, shining in Knoxville? <laughs> well, you know, it's, yeah, the sun is shining, blue skies today, slightly overcast, but... Uh, about two days ago, we smelled those wildfires down here. I mean, it, it was very prevalent. You just walked outside, and there it was, and you got that haze, you know, all the way down the block. It was hard to see. So, yeah, that, that smoke is coming all the way down south. So, uh, I, quite sick. I know, I know some of our, our mutual friends will give me a hard time for even saying this, but it at times, things like this really put other things in context. And, you know, you think about the wildfires and you think about all the VOCs and the carbon dioxide and everything released into the atmosphere through that situation. And then you contrast that with all the press that's been going on in the past week or so, um, and I know you've been really busy. You've had your hands full. You probably hadn't, or maybe you had heard about it. But Robert Downey Jr.'s new uh, show called, uh, was it Downey's Dream Cars, where uh, he's basically taking all these collect- all of his collector cars and transforming them into uh, eco-friendly machines and eradicating all of that god-awful smoke-belching equipment that's on all of our classic cars and uh, boy it's just like the height of virtue signaling as far as i'm concerned on this you know uh, classic cars account for such a small number of annual miles driven by the entire fleet in the country and they contribute even a smaller amount to all of the emissions in, in the country in the u.s i mean an infinitesimal almost immeasurable amount globally so uh, this is just virtue signaling as as it, at its finest and variety magazine is telling it oh it's wonderful downey giving up his gas guzzling classics for eco-friendly classics and so forth i'm just so tired of this crap i'm sorry i hate to say it folks but i really am it's like come on if we're going to do things for the environment let's do things that are going to be worthwhile let's not focus on something that doesn't even move the needle just because robert downey jr and his producers think that oh it makes us better people because we're doing this it's a load of crap i'm sorry Um, yeah uh you know the average 
classic car owner drives his car somewhere around 250 miles per year. That's it. Right. I mean, the person, you know, the average American who owns a car and commutes to work puts more than that kind of mileage every week on their car. So who's doing the polluting? And not only that, but owners of antique, classic cars, what have you, uh, they stay on top of their cars. They make sure the oil is changed and nice and clean and the cars are properly tuned to their maximum performance. So the amount of, you know, byproduct that a classic car emits is, is like, you know, 1% of the average automobile. It, it just blows my mind that uh, they never consider that, you know. We, we don't average a lot of mileage with our cars. We really don't. And many times they're just trailing to events. They're not even, you know, driven, maybe on and off the trailer. So, uh, right. Yeah. It's yeah. Just, it's just so long. Yep. It, it wasn't long ago I read a, a headline in a newspaper online that described a car show as a parade of gas-guzzling, polluting dinosaurs, and I... I look at that and I'm like, this person has obviously never read anything or looked at anything. This is a part of preserving history, and honestly, it's not a problem. There are far bigger problems. There are far bigger corporate pollution and emissions problems. Stationary polluters have always, always been the biggest villains when it comes to the environment. And I am definitely pro-environment. I've been doing things to take care of the environment, cleaning the bay when I was growing up as a kid down in uh, Virginia Beach area there right off of Lynn Haven River. I spent weekends dragging tires out, dragging trash out, doing all of that. I want us to have a clean environment. I mean, I really got under my skin when everybody's virtue signaling about how great this Robert Downey Jr. show is, you know, where he's, you know, ripping out the old... uh, internal combustion engine, you know, the bane of everybody's existence, you know, that it's, you know, causing the depletion of this or that or the other thing, and they're sticking an electric motor in it. I'm just, uh, just annoyed the heck out of me. But, uh, and, and but you know, these, these, these same people will never tell you, and they will never report on the amount of, on the amount of, you know, energy it takes and the amount of pollution it takes or that it gives off to dig for these lithium batteries, chemicals and, uh, you know, minerals to create these batteries and the manufacturing process. I mean, it, it kind of defeats the whole purpose because it creates so much pollution, not to mention, you know, the people who have to do all this digging in the mines of Africa and stuff and getting paid, you know, two cents a day. It, it, they just never want to talk about the reality of it all. And then, you know, once they put their electric motor in there, you know, Packard or Volkswagen or what have you, uh, where does that energy come from? Oh, it comes from a fossil fuel plant, of course. But they never tell you that either. So, uh, yeah, they're all a bunch of hypocrites. <laughs> yeah, I... I I find it annoying it, it, because it's a one-size-fits-all solution. And if you have a differing opinion, you better shut up about it. You know, we don't want to hear your differing opinion. It's interesting in that the 
Japanese are investing heavily in hydrogen. Uh, yeah. Whereas the rest of the world is sort of, you know, all going all electric, all in for all electric, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how how it all pans out. But don't get me wrong; I think electric vehicles are uh, would be great in certain short commute applications, you know, inner city, that type of thing. But by and large, as a one size fits all, I just don't see it happening. But I could be wrong. Well, well, ten yeah. years from now, everybody could laugh at me and call me a dinosaur. But that's okay. Well, you're so a dinosaur. I've been working on the uh, ambassador a little bit uh, lately, uh, getting along the way with it. Um, for those who hadn't been listening, I've got this 73 ambas- AMC ambassador that I accidentally purchased, uh, which is true. I really accidentally purchased it at an auction about four months ago, and I've been steadily working at recommissioning it. And I'm down to the one thing that I really don't want to deal with. I've got a freeze plug that's out at the back. It, it rusted out, and it's at the very back of the head on the driver's side next to the firewall. It's going to be fun. It's never Worst possible. Right. It, it's always in the worst possible location that freeze plugs pop out. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know oh, it happens. I guess I could put one of those, you know, one-size-fits-all sort of, well, not necessarily one-size-fits-all. You get varying uh, rubber plugs that have an expander on them. You know, you just stick them in the hole, and then you keep cranking down on them until the rubber expands and fills the hole. But I can't let myself do that. It seems irrational to me that I wouldn't just take the easy route out and put the rubber expanding freeze plug in as opposed to just, I I feel like I've got to put the OEM metal plug back in, you know? I'll know it's there. I'll be thinking in my head as I'm going down the road that that other one's going to blow out, even though I, I know it probably won't. Yeah, that's just a temporary Rube Goldberg type of fix. Yeah, you got to do it. <laughs> didn't you, you live next door to him up in? Didn't you live next door to him up in Brooklyn, <laughs> Rube? Oh yeah, you're next door Goldberg. neighbor. <laughs> yeah, my neighbor. He, he lived across the alleyway from me. <laughs> we used to sit garbage cans. <laughs> yeah, sit, sit on the stoop together on a Saturday, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and my interest in the car hobby and resist just setting it all on fire and walking away. <laughs> yeah. Oi. That's why you got fun. it. Right. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, because it had that freeze plug in there, you know. Yeah, car without a freeze plug issue, you know, 20000 bucks. Freeze plug issue, 5 bucks. <laughs> Yeah, they probably knew about it. They probably just had it stuck in there with Corolla glue or something like that. Uh, and they're waiting for some sucker to come along. And then, oh, yeah, here's this guy, Tom. Let's, let's sell it to him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you 
you may have to lift the engine out. You may have to remove the cylinder head, which means you got to remove the intake and the carb and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, you got your work cut oh, out. No, Betty, I'd, I'd, I'd rather spend six months trying to devise a way not to do that <laughs> rather than pulling it again. It doesn't seem rational, but I'm determined. I actually do, in my mind, I've devised a tool that will take care of this, consisting of a threaded rod with some large washers, uh, one approximately the size of the freeze plug, a piece of wood, and uh, nuts on either end try to construct my own press that will go against this piece of wood against the firewall and force that freeze plug into the head. I'll let you know how that works out. <laughs> so we'll see. Yeah, um, I, I can imagine what you're saying. Like the threaded rod would be the actual length of the cylinder head. So you're almost making like, you know, a pull-up. Right? Yeah. Well, I'm going to yeah. put it behind... And then I'm going to use the pipe will butt up against the large the washer that's the same size as the freeze plug, and I'll turn the nut on the back side and theoretically um, I should be able to get it to push the freeze plug in. So I don't know. It, it, in, good luck. in theory, it sounds good, but We'll see how well it works in practice. There's got to be a way to make it work. I may actually think, I think what I'm going to end up having to do is use actually two pieces of, small pieces of pipe, um, like a half-inch uh, galvanized or non-galvanized mm-hmm. pipe, and uh, one on the back side that will tighten up against the firewall, and then one on the front side that I can tighten against the freeze plug and just keep, with an open end wrench, cranking those things until till it happens. So, stay tuned. Let me give you some advice. Let me give you some mechanical <laughs> advice. You take oh, a giant no. hole. You take a giant hole saw, and you drill a hole from inside the car through the firewall, and then you can pop in the plug. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Actually, you know, for for hat and. For half a chance, I'd take a plasma cutter and do yep. that. Cut a small hole, pop it out, sure. and then put the, put the plug back in and, and weld it back in place, and you know, clean clean it up, sand it down, shoot some paint on it, and nobody yeah. knows. But yeah, I love plasma cutters. Oh, on that note, we'll go to break. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega-dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. 
Call J.C. Taylor today for a competitive quote on collector car insurance. Give your most prized possessions the attention that they deserve. You'll receive agreed value coverage, giving you the peace of mind to know you're always protected. J.C. Taylor has been supporting the hobby with reliable service that has lasted for six decades. Call 888-ANTIQUE or visit jctaylor.com slash awr to get a quote today. That's 888-268-4783 or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And now, back to the classic car show on America's Web Radio with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello. We're back. So You know, you know drilling a hole in the firewall uh, isn't too crazy because uh, we call them access holes. And when I had a Sunbeam Tiger years ago, because the uh, a little, you know, 260 V8 was such a tight fit in the Sunbeam Alpine body shell, uh, Sunbeam had two little access holes in the firewall on either side that you could get at the rear plugs. And then they just covered it with a rubber grommet. So you got to think like the British and do the same thing. It's very simple. <laughs> i got to hold the <laughs> I'll come over with it. There we go. The truth of the matter is, I could probably do that. It wouldn't take a very large hole. And I could pop pop that sucker right in there, just bada-bing, bada-boom, in, and then put a plug on it. Nobody would ever know the difference. I guarantee you. I could show that car everywhere, and no one would ever, even the experts would never know the difference. No. <laughs> They'd just scratch their head if they knew. They'd well, gosh, I've never seen one of those, and they'd move on. But, yeah, you're right. Right. If I get to the, if, if my invention doesn't pan out, I may well do that, because I am not, I refuse to pull the head on that car. I'm just not going to do it. So. Yeah, but uh, before you do that, before you, you get the, uh, rubber grommets first because you want to drill the hole to the size that the grommet will fit and then you you know easy peasy you're done easy peasy well if it screws up you know who I'm calling huh <laughs> at 3 a.m. <laughs> at 3 a.m. <laughs> all something <laughs> right so you went to the American Motors Owners Association Nationals, the AMO Nationals, they were there in Knoxville. I couldn't go. Those who were listening last weekend, you know, I was at uh, Star City Motor Madness, but uh, we had a great time at Motor Madness. I was able to drive the newly acquired 1917 Bush off the trailer that Star City Motor Madness were donating to uh, Virginia Museum of Transportation. So that was that was pretty exciting. Uh, particularly since the starter decided to give trouble and I had to be on my back in the trailer sweating and messing around with that starter until I tried it, finally sort of rigged it and finagled it so that it would function sufficiently that I could start it up and back it off. And I was determined we were going to drive that car off the trailer so that everyone attending the event would be able to see that it runs and drives and all of those good things. But, of course, you know, 
built just about 45 miles from the museum in Lynchburg, Virginia. So uh, it was exciting. So tell us about the AMO. How how was it? I wanted well, to be it was there. Pretty, it was pretty interesting, you know. Uh, <laughs> how do I say this? Uh, there's a lot of interesting people walking around at an AMC meet. Uh, just a little different. <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, you know, you people are a little weird. You know, it's like you go to a Cadillac meet, you know, you see normal people, you know. Uh, Oh, no. You you know what? No, no, no. I'm going to stop you right right there, dead in your tracks. So, yeah. You go to the Cadillac meet, there's all these normal people. You're going to love this. So, I went went to the 100th anniversary of Cadillac, okay? So uh, I'm there, and I see this group of guys. Most of them are driving Alantes, and they're obviously a group, and they're moving towards us as we're getting ready to go eat lunch. And they've all got, they're all, most of them were big sort of, uh, barrel-chested, uh, hairy-chested guys with their shirts buttoned down about halfway, and then they had all of this gold around their necks. You know, where are the rest of these cars? You know, where are the Matadors? 
You know, there was just very few of those cars. Everything was really, you know, AMXs and Javelins, which I love AMXs, especially, you know, give me a 69 AMX Go Pack. I would love that. But, uh, yeah, it, it was nice. It was refreshing to see, you know, uh, different types of cars as opposed to, you know, the usual run of GM cars. But uh, I had a good time. Uh, and too bad you weren't there. But, but next year's AMO meet is going to be in... Was it Phillipsburg, Virginia? Petersburg. Petersburg, just yep. south of Richmond. Petersburg. Just south of Richmond. So that'll be in your backyard, so you'll have a good time. Oh, yeah. I definitely. won't be going. I because, am. You know, no, I'm not going because, you know, one AMO national convention every 10 years is good enough for me. I'm done. Ah, you're such a schmuck. The... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you this, you yeah. really uh, miss out if you don't go to the next Kenosha Homecoming, which I, I want to go last year. That is the most right. amazing show. It's one of my all-time, all-time favorite shows, and there you do see a, a, a lot of variety. Uh, there must have been 30 Marlins at that Really? Show. Yeah, of all yeah, years, 65, 6, and 7. Yep. I like Marlins. I really do. I, I always wanted to own one. So, uh, yeah, I, I do plan on attending the Kenosha meet next year. I've been wanting to go for the last 20 years, never made it. So uh, we'll go there, and, you know, you could treat me to a nice dinner, and we'll have a good time. I'm looking forward to it. it, it exactly. Uh, they have a They have a new Burger King there, so... It's going to be great. Oh, we'll get geez. you a little hat. We'll get you a little hat in the whole nine yards. The, uh, but yeah, no, that's just an amazing show down there on the uh, lake there, uh, just uh, up from Penoyer Park. It's just a wonderful place, and uh, AMC shot a lot of a lot of pictures, promo pictures, and that type of thing up that way uh, too, as well. But yeah, just just cool stuff. But, uh, hey, you know, yeah, folks, next year. Hey, folks, hey, folks, listen to this. Tom and I were talking not too long ago, and we were talking about attending an AMO, American Motors Owners Club National Convention. I said, oh, yeah, the first one I ever went to was in Denver, Pennsylvania, back in 1992. And George Romney was the guest speaker. And Tom goes, I was at that meet. And we even think we sat in the same area of the dining room because it was very small. It was kind of long. And uh, we sat on the left side, and Tom said, yeah, I sat on the left side. And remember, you know, George Romney speaking, and it was a kind of weird speech, to be honest with you. But, uh, it was. yeah, so we were both saying me, and we didn't even know it. We didn't know each other back then. That was something. No, that's crazy. And I stayed at a really god-awful I'll never forget that for a lot that show for a lot of reasons. Uh, that was the first large American Motors uh, outing that I went to. There were Nashes. There was an Italia there. There yeah. were Ramblers. AMOs. Yeah, there was all sorts of stuff there, and it's sort of a micro version of what goes on out there in Kenosha, and it was just interesting. Uh, Bill Reddick, uh, 
one of the designers was there, the guy that was responsible for the dip in the roof on the early AMC wagons. Uh, he was there, and there was a bunch of different people there. And I remember I turned around to, uh, I can't think of his name now, I turned around to this guy, and I'm like, well, the next thing you know, they'll be wheeling George Romney out here, because at that time he had to be about 86 years old, 86, 87 years old. And, and he's like, oh, no, he's going to be here. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Um, yeah. But uh, he, he was actually in pretty good health, actually. He wasn't uh, wheeling around, but I remember it being really, really, really hot. And yeah. the worst part of that whole experience, non-automotive situation, but because all the hotels in the area were taken up, because, as usual, I'm sort of dragging uh, along at the end to make my reservations, ended up staying in a hotel room that was seldom used, and I ended up getting Legionnaire's disease, and it almost took me out. Yeah. <laughs> so the uh, Denver AMO show was really memorable for me in a lot of ways in good, both good and bad but yeah yeah that was crazy well, you were right there I, I gosh I should have just listened to the most obnoxious guy I could hear in the distance and I would have known it was you so God, that's right you know, if I had known you'd be annoying me all these years later amazing I missed out on all that so you still did and let me tell you so let me give you a tip if you don't want to get Legionnaire's disease again uh you need to spend more than $15 for a hotel room. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, you know, it was so sad. And I, they, I mean, gosh almighty, they really stuck me with that, too. And uh, I reeked and it stank and, it, you know, right. obviously um, bad news. And it's time for a break, and, and we're okay with that right now. Call J.C. Taylor today for a competitive quote on collector car insurance. Give your most prized possessions the attention that they deserve you'll receive agreed value coverage, giving you the peace of mind to know you're always protected. J.C. Taylor has been supporting the hobby with reliable service that has lasted for six decades. Call 888-ANTIQUE or visit jctaylor.com slash awr to get a quote today. That's 888-268-4783 or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega-dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. If you want to impress your car-loving friends, and they come over and have a uh, pop-a-top with you every now and then, and you really want to impress them on your coffee table or kitchen table, if that's where you'd have your beer, have a copy of Crankshaft Magazine. 
that will impress anybody, whether they're in the car hobby or not. It is such a beautiful magazine, and as soon as your guest hits the house, they'll pick it up, take a look at it, and that's what you'll talk about the rest of the night is that Crankshaft magazine. It is so good. Best publication on the market. If you're into classic cars and you want to impress somebody, you have a copy of Crankshaft magazine handy, and that will do it every time. We'll be back with more of the Classic Car Show right after this. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And now, back to the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello. Wow. So, I just wish that I had had a copy of Crankshaft Magazine back when I was in high school. I, I would have had all the women beating a path to my door, I'm just telling you. so. Yeah, you probably would have. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> what, did you have the local concession on... Uh, Jiffy Johnny's or something? That they would be beating a path to your door? <laughs> They'd be like, he has a copy of Crankshaft Magazine. <laughs> Seriously, folks. Um, yeah. That redneck awesome. on top of it. He's so sophisticated. Ooh. I always think when you say call me up being up on the mountain, I always tend to think of that uh, movie Heidi with her crotchety grandfather living on top of the mountain. I don't know. But, uh, so what do you want to so, talk about today? What? Well, gosh, we've been talking a lot. Um, so, first of all, I really do want to talk about Crankshaft for two seconds. And I'll tell you, one of the reasons that I really feel very strongly, and this has nothing to do with my my relationship with Richard here, um, printed media that is well-researched, properly done, with great photography, if we don't support it, it's going to go away. And all we are going to be left with is dreck, the bottom of the barrel, stuff that's factually inaccurate for photography. And I was reminded of that yesterday when I was scrolling through social media and I came across a headline that says, classic cars are finally losing value. And I'm thinking, okay, Let's see what this has to say. So I clicked on it. It was uh, an article by Standard News. And, oh, God, it was just the worst in journalism. It was god-awful. The vast majority of the article had nothing to do with the title. And then the very few article or portions in the article that had to do with the title were just idiotic they were just it was inane blathering about on one instance the 1970 ford uh 
Perino and went on to say, oh, the poor build quality and the cheap interiors and the, you know, rust problems and this and that and the other thing. And I'm thinking, hey, they were fairly dependable cars. (laughs) They weren't any more rust prone than anything else. The interiors, God help me, folks, but they were better quality than some of the other manufacturers. And I started to say who, but I'll leave that up to you. But, you know, it's just garbage, folks. It's just garbage. And so I really think supporting independent publishing, particularly independent automotive publishing, because all of you guys are listening to us just simply because you love cars and you love the car hobby and the community. Support it, and you can do that by getting a subscription or giving one to someone of Crankshaft Magazine. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. And and I just want to let people to know that uh, if you don't want to subscribe to Crankshaft, you can go to the website and order a single copy. This way you could check it out and see if you like it or not, and I know you will. And then you'll see what you're missing. Uh, so you can order just a single copy. Just go to uh, crankshaftmagazine.com and give it a shot. So thank you for that plug. I appreciate it. So coming up this week, we've got an AACA national show in Auburn, Indiana. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be uh, Saturday and Sunday. Saturday morning, well, no, not, excuse me, just Saturday, uh, Friday and Saturday. So, Saturday morning, cars will start rolling in, 8 o'clock in the morning, judging starts at 11, cars will be on the field until 3 o'clock unless there's some severe storm or something like that that would cause us to release it. But, folks, it's free to come to the show. If you're out there and you're in the Auburn area, within an hour or so's drive, it's going to be well worth it. And you can find out more about the show by going to www.aaca.org, www.aaca.org. You can read up about it. Um, It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have a good time. And, as always, all AACA shows are free. Now, I'm going to be traveling just before Auburn. I'm going to be heading a little bit further north. I'm going to bypass Auburn on my way out. I'm going to be stopping in Michigan, just outside of Detroit. But I'm not, it's going to be a surprise. We'll talk about it not next weekend, but weekend following. I'm going up there to pick up something really special that um, I think everybody will really enjoy hearing about. I've uh, made a great, made great new friends up there, and I'm going to spend a little bit of time, and then I'll have a great piece of history that'll be very special to me, and I'm, I think enjoyed by a whole lot of other people too as well. Just, just really cool. I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be a fun. Well, time. I, I hope you came to your senses and finally bought an early trial to embellish your. <laughs> An early triumph. Yes. Here's your new triumph, and here's your dust man, so that you can sweep it up as you drive. Yes. Uh, Uh, No. It's gonna gonna be fun. 
Um, and then as far as AACA goes, August 10 through 12, Bettendorf, Iowa. Uh, I'll be there. Grand National. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have uh, Zenith uh, competition the day before the Grand National, so you want to take in both days. And the other nice thing, it's free, folks. You'll be able to get in and see some of the most amazing cars in the whole world free. And I guarantee you there's probably going to be at least 300 of the finest restored, most accurately restored automobiles, and there will be a ton of variety. It's going to be an awesome, awesome Tom, show. Tom, uh, if you don't mind me interrupting, how about giving AACA uh, a plug? Why do I need to be a member of AACA? So, given that I've been a member of AACA since I was age 13, uh, no comments, Richard. That, that's so, right after they invented the wheel, is that right? <laughs> I, I knew somebody <laughs> wouldn't be able to resist. <laughs> so, if you're in, if you love cars, if you have an interest in cars, if you own cars and you want more information on those cars, if you want to meet more people who have knowledge and parts and other cars and resources to assist you, AACA is probably the very best place to start. It is the oldest and largest multi-mark antique automobile club in the world, founded in 1935 in Philadelphia, PA, and we now have nearly 60,000 members worldwide. We have probably one of the most active forums on the Internet relating to classic and vintage cars that you'll ever find. A lot of people think, well, gosh, you know, forums, it's a thing, those are a thing of the past. Everybody's on social media. Everybody's doing this or that. Folks, I'll tell you, that is one of the finest forums out there, and it's extremely active with tens of thousands of participants, and you can find so much good advice on the AACA forums. And you get the Antique Automobile Magazine, a beautiful full-color magazine. You get that uh, every other month, that six times a year. And then you have free access to the AACA Library and Research Center. So let's say you found... Uh, let's say you found an old Piedmont in a barn in Virginia, and you're looking for research material on it. Call up the AACA if you're a member, and they will actually uh, search their archives, no charge, and they will photocopy the material for you and send it to you. So that alone is very valuable. So, uh, yeah, it, it's well worth a club to join. I've, I've been a member for over 20 years, and... Uh, yeah. If you're into old cars, you got to be a member of the AACA, no doubt. Yeah, it, it, it is a big tent, and you'll meet other people who are into various marks. In fact, there are some marks that, of course, are so small in number that it would be hard for them to constitute their own club. But you'll meet those people, ACA, 
you can find whatever car you have, unless you've got the only one, you're going to find someone else in that organization that has knowledge about or actually has a car just like yours and can give you all that information. And as Richard pointed out, the AACA Library and Research Center, it is the world's largest public library resource um, accessible by anyone. Um, You don't even have to be a member to visit the library now in order to benefit from the free research, you do have to be a member. But anyone can walk into the AACA Library and Research Center and take advantage of the over 3 million pieces of automotive literature that are in there. Everything from manuals to blueprints, you name it, it's there. Whether you're building a car or you're researching a car, find everything you want at the AACA Library and Research Center, which brings me to something else, and I'm glad you brought it up, David, because it was in the back of my head. You know, a lot of us have literature or manuals. Um, Myself, I had some really rare literature. Richard mentions the Piedmont Motor Car Company, which was here in Lynchburg. I had a lot of one-off, and if there are other copies out there, I've never seen them in 30 years of looking for Piedmont stuff, but I, this stuff, it was really rare. I was concerned that if something were to happen, I got hit by a bus, um, you know, Richard fed me bad breakfast somewhere, or, or whatever happened, and I kicked the bucket. I wanted to make sure that this stuff was preserved and then it went to some place where it would be shared with other people, it would be there as a resource and, and available rather than somebody picking it up and goes, what the heck is this, and throw it in the trash. If you have rare items in your literature collection or automotive reference library that you have, consider making arrangements to have it donated to the AACA Research Center where it will eventually be shared with people worldwide. The the end run goal there is to digitize the entire collection and make it available worldwide. And uh, we're getting there. But we never have everything. And so if you have rare stuff, send it to the AACA Library and Research Center if you're trying to find a good home for it, if you're trying to plan ahead, make plans to have it donated because it's going to help the entire hobby and you don't want to take a chance on some of it being destroyed. That happens regularly, folks. I've run into people all the time who were like, oh gosh, you know, uh, my uncle died and we just threw everything away. We don't want that happening. Don't donate it. No, just just make a note that if if you have a collection of let's say car and driver, Motor Trend magazine, the the research center won't be interested in those because they already have you know several collections. It's really the uh, manufacturer printed published literature that they're after. You know, uh, magazines are a dime a dozen. But it's the original literature, or even original factory photographs, which are very important. 
know, contemporary Ooh. magazines, con- contemporary yeah. magazines, the magazines, you know, say from the fifties uh, on up. But if you if you have pre war magazines, they would definitely be interested in those magazines. So right. we'll just I, fine tune that just a little bit. And I, I got to throw out right. something else, right? Quick, is that, oh. Sure. You know, you can judge an organization by its director or whoever's in charge, and some of them can be, well, I won't go into it, but some of them can be less than nice. But AACA has one of the nicest men that I've ever done business with as their president. I don't know, he changes titles every now and then. President, director, uh, head person in charge, whatever. But Steve Moskowitz has done a wonderful job with AACA. And, uh, by the way, Tom, he is paying me for this. Uh, but Steve oh, Moskowitz. He never paid me. Well, you know, I, Steve and I are close friends. No, I, well, we are, but he is fantastic. And as you know, Tom, he is a wonderful guy to work with and, um, just, I can't say enough about Steve Moskowitz, and I can't say enough about AACA. And since he's the head honcho, everything bad about AACA falls in his lap. But if there's nothing bad to say, that that praise should go to Steve Moskowitz as well. No. Uh, Steve works as hard as any individual I know. Uh, he literally works most weeks seven days a week uh, he's in that office at some point every day of the week and I know for a fact he puts in he's I've never known him to put in a less less than 40 hours generally he's putting in 50 60 hour weeks and uh, does it does a great job and you know the one thing that I missed when you asked me, about reasons for joining the AACA. And I talked about knowledge. We talked about resources. Rich talked about the, the library. And, you know, then, of course, there are all the shows that you can go to and things that you learn about your car so that you can continually improve upon it and uh, learn about it. But the best thing, people. And I have been so fortunate to have been a part of that organization for the vast majority of my life, all of my adult life, because of all the friends that I've made coast to coast and across the globe, and they are some of the finest people you'll ever meet, and one good thing about car people is they will always, always try to be helpful. 99.99% of the people in the car hobby will give you the shirt off their back to help you with a project or move you forward into the hobby. I saw a post online just yesterday, a young man who's still in college buying his first vintage vehicle, a Model T, and he's missing a bunch of parts. And I read in the comment section, there were hundreds of comments, people willing to give to him everything that he has missing on his car just because they're embracing him and trying to foster his future in the hobby. So 
you know, just the people. I've met some awesome, awesome, awesome people. So these people don't want to fuck off the kids? Wow. I mean, come on. How un-American is that? What's that now? So these people don't want to make a buck off the kid? How un-American is that? <laughs> We're capitalists and we need it. Yeah. <laughs> giving, giving, it, giving it away for free. Come on, Richard. Get with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, well, people have been definitely the best thing. Um, honestly, if it weren't for AACA, we wouldn't be doing this show. And for some of you, you're thinking, gosh, you know, that might have been great. <laughs> but I wouldn't have met, <laughs> would not have met Rich if it hadn't been right. for AACA, too. Um, or David, or any of yeah. tens and hundreds of other people. But uh, it's a great, great organization. Um, another thing I heard, too, this week is that... Um, Carparts.com, there's been a revival of J.C. Whitney. Um, you know, I used to love getting the J.C. Whitney catalogs when I was a kid. And, of course, they had everything under the sun from, you know, crummy aftermarket hubcaps to Model Five A parts Oops. and Model T parts. Yeah, so they're coming back. I mean, they were based in Chicago since day one. What's going on? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they're coming back in the same way uh, I didn't get a chance to read the whole article, but, you know, they're producing their own line of uh, car and, I mean, a a truck, Jeep, aftermarket parts, bumpers, brush guards, and things of that nature. Uh, So I think largely it's just been someone who's purchased the name, but, yeah, it would be cool if they could go back. That was a lot of fun going through that catalog and, and ordering just so much stuff. There was just anything you ever wanted, it was in the J.C. Whitney catalog. Some of it wasn't so good quality-wise, but there was lots of it, and it was affordable. It was fun. Um, yeah, it was like getting the uh, Sears Wish book for Christmas. You know, you just sat there for hours and days going through that newsprint paper looking at all the little accessories available for your car. It was pretty cool, you know, especially the spark plugs that lit up that you could look inside the engine. I always wanted one of those. You never got it. Oh, well. Yeah, forgot about that. Yeah, no, it's cool cool stuff. Um, So we were talking the other day about inexpensive collectible items, and I know we're running a little bit short, but... um, you know, I've had so much fun over the years collecting various automotive additives. It's hard to think, you know, today you run into most auto parts stores and you look on the shelf and it's the same manufacturers. There's not a, not right. a lot of variety. Um, but years ago, I mean, there was Wins, there was Bardall, and there was thousands of other small basically mom and pop operations all across the country that made various oil additives cooling additives yep and remember there's you get the big decals when you went to get gas oh yeah and every time you bought um, STP additive you got those big STP stickers you know, the jet yep. stick on your, your bike, window. Toolbox. 
Yep. Yeah, on your bike. Uh, lunchbox. I had one on my lunchbox. Me uh, too. <laughs> did you? Yeah. Yeah. And I had it on the guard on my Stingray bike. Yep. Oh, yeah. All different types of additives. But why do you collect additives? I mean, I never got into that. I love I the cans. And there's something, honestly, there's something, I think, uniquely American about it in a way you think about all the entrepreneurial effort that went into creating all these hundreds if not thousands of different products by all these small companies and the sad thing to me is that you know monopolies have taken over all of these small companies are now gone that were located in all these small, mostly, in a lot of small communities. Of course, there was a lot of them in, you know, big cities in New York and Chicago uh, and other places. But there were a lot of manufacturers of, you know, automotive accessories and additives and so forth in little small towns all across the country. And they're all gone now. Richard, you should see, uh, Richard, you should see, Tom's collection of Bud Light cans. <laughs> you know, I'm a bourbon. I'm a bourbon drinker, so I've been able to escape all of the all of the uh, hubbub <laughs> over 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 the beer and so on and so forth. So, yeah, no, I've in fact uh, we're down to one minute, folks. We're going to post post some pictures later on today of some of the additives that I've collected. I'm going to stick them up there on our Facebook page at the Classic Car Show on Facebook. And we're going to be headed out to Auburn next weekend, and uh, we'll let you know all that goes on. All right, folks, have a good time. Get and enjoy your weekend. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.